LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome. Ask me anything. Here with Pastor JD Greer. And Pastor JD, we have a question that uh, you know, in the, by God's grace, the last few weeks at, at Summit, we've actually seen a lot of people come to Christ. Yeah, um, well, this past weekend we had th- over three hundred that indicated first-time professions of faith. That's unbelievable. So um, the question that we ask ourselves, I feel like that a lot of churches ask ourselves when somebody comes to, to faith, is you know what's next. And so the question today is, JD, what are the five absolutes of being a disciple of Jesus? So, so why do you think there are five, Matt? What what what? what? <laughs> Yeah. Why is that question there are five? There have to be five. First of all, you know, just want to make it interesting. We know that five is like an interesting number, but but JD, I know you've been I know you've been talking about this a lot recently, so I figured I would set you up. So a this bit. question feels like a setup. Yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. my answer is going to be five, but what are they? Yes. Um yeah, well no, so we um we last couple years ago, um, we really kind of prayed through, studied the scriptures of what the five essential identities of a disciple were. Uh, I don't want to say these are exhaustive, but these are the ones that I think would provide really good categories for how to think of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, you know, when, 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 when Jesus says to us, just like he did to people 2,000 years ago, take up your cross and follow me, he means absolute surrender. He means to accept the Great Commission. But what does that actually look like in practice? Um, I want to emphasize these are identities. These are who you are. Um, each of them has, a, you know, are going to have different different tasks, but I think it's really um, easy for us to get focused on the task and to skip the identity. So I'll throw out a few tasks in here that are essential, but um, just keep in mind that these are who Christ has made you to be. And then what the expression of that looks like may vary context to context, um, but to the, the essence of who you are stays the same. Um, so he, he, here they are. Um, we say, I'll give you all five at the beginning and then walk through. No, no, no. Let's not give all five. That yeah, way, no, no, people no, no. will listen away, to the end. What if they don't? What if they don't? They're not interested in the last one. We got to keep them hooked. Keep them right? hooked. Okay. So, the, I, in fact, I'll reverse them so that the the most important ones come to life. <laughs> uh, worshiper. Actually, that blew up in my face because how, <laughs> how could worshiper be? The worshiper is the most important. Um, you know, a worshiper. Jesus says that essentially to obey all of his. The law is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love other people as yourself. Um, so loving God, just walking in worship. The Father seeks those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, a, a Christian is first and foremost somebody who has restored God to the rightful place of worship in his heart. The essence of sin is idolatry, um, is that we're giving, you know, Romans 1, we're, we're, we're substituting created things for the place of the creator. We're giving them too much in Hebrew, kabod, which is a word that means weight. The other created things have too much weight in our heart. And God God doesn't. So um, to walk with Jesus means that God becomes the chief in your affections, chief in your love, and you begin to worship him again. Um, practically, we tell people in our congregation, um, there's a lot of different ways you would express that, but two very practical, um, uh, I, I call them indicator lights, mm-hmm. that, that if you're doing these, if you're not doing these, it shows that worship is probably not a part of your um, of who you are. Um, but one, or worshiping God is not a part of who you are. Uh, the first is a, a regular commitment to be in um, worship where you do that with God's people. And then the second is a daily time that you meet with God, uh, what we call quiet time, yeah. um, which is a weird term yeah. for this. Yeah. Like yeah. it sounds like you're in trouble and yeah. you're in third grade, but set the 15 minute timer and don't, <laughs> don't talk. Um, but you know, it's a relationship and if you love God, you'll meet with him. Uh, I'm always trying to convince my kids. This is not a task that you check off. God wants to meet with you. Yeah. 
He wants to meet with you even more than you want to meet with him. And if you're really a worshiper, then that daily time with him in the morning, at night, where you read his word and pray, that's going to be a key part of your of your walk. Yeah, um, I, I think that. Well, so I just really think that's good what you were saying about identity versus like task, because I do think it's tempting to make like, oh, attending church, that's just something check. All good Christians do, check it off. Right. He's got, but really it's. Those are means of grace, right. opportunities to worship and engage with God in relationship. Right. And so being connecting to those things is an indicator that we're wanting to, to indicate our lights, things yeah. that, 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 that if they're not on, they're like, something's, something's not right here. Um, the second one is servant. Um, you know, Jesus said that he came into the world to serve. Um, the son of man comes not to be served, but to serve, which means if we're going to be like him, um, then what should characterize our lives is the same thing that characterizes his life, which is a posture of, of servanthood. I'll be honest with you, Matt, this might be the hardest one to actually turn into a couple of tasks because I think it's a whole approach that you take yeah. toward your job, toward your marriage, toward your friends. Um, you know, years ago, I um, uh, one of the, in fact, I think it's one of the most um, um, impacting things that I've ever had our church do week to week is I challenge them and all their significant ra- relationships just to ask the question, what can I do to serve you? Ask that to your spouse, ask that to a friend, ask it to your employer yeah. or your employees. Um, so it's, it's a general attitude, but there are a couple of, of, of areas that I think you could really press in on it. Um, one is how do you look at your career? For most people, their career is something that they use to fulfill themselves or make lots of money so they can buy the things that they want. Um, a follower of Jesus is going to look at his or her career and say, how did God give me these talents to serve the Great Commission? What well, We really press this in on our high school and college students saying, have you asked how your career is supposed to benefit the Great Commission? And so, you know, our, our go-to program here yeah. is basically take two years and, and ask how can my career take me to a place where I can be part of a church planning team. That's um, but that's, so, so that's your career. The other one is um, very, I almost like think the chores here at church, but are <laughs> Are you are you actively serving on a ministry team here at church or out in the community somewhere? I, I realize that that you might just live as a servant, but chances are an indicator light is if you've got a volunteer position somewhere that shows that Christianity for you is about serving. We have found here, Matt, this is fascinating, that the people, um, when we do our surveys, the people who are the most spiritually satisfied and the ones that are growing the most, the one thing they all have in common, and it'll blow your mind, it's not quiet time, it's not you know, church attendance, that's not the main indicator. The main indicator is whether they volunteer. That's crazy. And I don't know why that is. Well, I kind of do, but it's it's something about that posture that, yeah. that puts you in a, in a place for, for spiritual growth. Yeah. Uh, so, servant, the, the third one is family member. We say you're identified not as an attender on the weekend, but as a brother and sister in Christ. And the things about, about being a family member is that you belong. Um, we say believers, this is a quote from Rick Warren, believers ought to be belongers. Um, and if we are going to really be disciples of Jesus, we're going to look at other believers the way that Jesus did when he said, you know, who are my mother and my brother and my sisters? These ones who, who know your word. Um, we live in a consumer culture where people just like to, they like to come, they like to hear a religious pep talk. Uh, they think that they can be fine as Lone Ranger Christians. Now, do people get that analogy anymore, Lone Ranger? I think I think by context, maybe not by understanding of the uh, original. The original uh, okay, yeah. well, by yourself. <laughs> uh, you just, you know, there is no, this is not very popular when I say it in our church, but there's no such thing as a follower of Jesus who is not deeply and intimately connected to a local church, yeah. or at least a follower of Jesus who's doing what, what God wants. Um, you are made to belong. You are made to be a part of a family. When you're a part of a family, um, that means showing up for dinner um, on a regular basis, even if it's not, you know, 
the most exciting meal that you've ever yeah. eaten. Yeah. Um, I don't go home and eat with my family because, you know, um, like, oh, I just, there's these are the you know the people that tell the best jokes i like listening to you try not to maybe insult veronica's <laughs> cooking in this answer she is the best cook ever but um you know it's it's you go home because i belong there and and these yeah. are the people that i'm spending my life with um family member um That's good. The, the, I, I just want to add to that it's interesting you say i think there is like that sense of you know we have a tendency to treat church from a consumer mentality but I would say we see more and more that one of the biggest needs, especially of American culture, is belonging. Like that's one of the things more and more people are missing. Right. And that's going to be one of the primary ways that the church really enters into people's lives and really shows them kind of what belonging to Jesus and belonging to the body Absolutely. of Christ can look like. So Yeah, the dissolution of all these communities have made us turn politics into yeah. a God. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you and by the way, the flip side of this is your church ought to be really hard to leave. There's a time to leave a church, but you don't leave because the pastor is no longer as entertaining as he used to be yep. or the worship, you know, they hit a few off weeks I and mean, this is my family. Uh, by the way, the practical disciplines here, uh, we always say is obviously regular church attendance and being a covenant member of your local church, but also um, you being a part of, for us, it's a small group, a discipleship group of some kind where you know and are known. Uh, the fourth one is steward. Um, and a steward is somebody who sees their talents and their resources, their money, as something given by God for his purposes, not theirs. You're not an owner. A steward is somebody who doesn't own the, the raw material, own the material. It's somebody who does with it what the master wants. Um, so, you know, an application for this, uh, again, not the only one, but a, a good indicator light is, is that how you treat your money? Um, is generous giving to the kingdom of God a important and um, essential part of, of what you do. Uh, tithe is a great place to start 10% to your local church. It's certainly not, um, that's the old Testament law and Jesus has freed us from that, which means that, um, like in every other aspect, Jesus says the law is the bare minimum. You ought to be motivated by love and mercy now, but are you actively putting the kingdom of God first in your finances and giving him your first and your best? The last one is witness. So for those of you that stuck all the way to the end, <laughs> there it is is a witness. Jesus came, he said, to seek and save the lost. That was his life's mission. And it means if you are following him, you're going to be a witness um, that follows in his footsteps. A really practical thing that we do here, we ask people practically is, do you have a one? <laughs> which that it's part of a who your, who's your one campaign, which um, I'll also mentioned that we've, um, there's several thousand churches across yeah. the nation that have participated in this, uh, our, our, our kind of who's your one emphasis. Every person having at least one person that they are praying for, uh, an unbelieving person, a, a not saved person, praying for, um, building a relationship with, and, and sharing Christ yeah. with. Do you have a one? The other one is, are you going on mission trips? Yeah. Um, I, I know that we live in a world that is unlike previous generations where previous generations of Christians couldn't all go global. So I'm not saying it's like an absolute, but in our day, um, with so many people around the world that have never even heard the name of Jesus, are you an active part of that? So it's a good discipline to say, am I a witness and am I committed to, to the great commission? So, um, those are the five biggest identities I would say, um, um, or what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be made in his image and what it means to be living out the kingdom of God in our world. Those are really good. So yeah, worshiper, servant, family member, steward, witness, those are really helpful. And, and you know, one of the things we've done at Summit that I think has been helpful in this too, is we actually have a, a whole Bible study that covers these five That's right. identities that call, we call it groundworks that I've been able to go through with a number of people. I know yep, a number of our too. staff have, and 
And it's just really awesome to see people who maybe are believers but are wanting to grow or new yep. believers or just wanting to understand what it looks like to really follow Jesus, to see these things become identities, not checkboxes, but identities really that identities that, that they're living for. out of. And so, Yeah, and I also, you know, we just, just got done with, um, we try to, I want to say we, we recommit to this every year, but this is the first year we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my hope is that we will will annually recommit ourselves to these five essential identities and practices. That's good. Well, before I do anything else, I do want to state for the record that Veronica, your cooking is great. I hope I didn't. You have sat around the table with I it. I sat around the table. It's too. amazing. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we hope that you're listening to some other Lifeway Leadership podcasts. Um, there's the Five Leadership Questions podcast hosted by Todd Atkins and Chandler Vanoy. Um, and those are all great podcasts. You should check those out. Also, you should subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. I mean, come on. You're searching for it every week. You're downloading it all the time, I'm sure. Hit Just that ahead, subscribe hit that, button right smash now. Smash that subscribe button, as they say on YouTube, and, uh, and then you'll get it every week. Um, and then make sure you follow Pastor JD on Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter. And then if you just want more from Pastor JD, you can uh, download Summit Life, which is a broadcast 25 minutes with Pastor JD where he shares biblical truths in a slightly longer format. It airs on a, a ton of radio stations around the country, but it's also a podcast. And you can find it probably where you're listening to this podcast, or you can go to jdgreer.com. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.